One Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And today, we are coming live from the N. Getty Music Fest. So if you hear background noise chirping behind us, just don't worry about it. But we're here. We're going to have a good time. But we decided, during dead times, we're going to record some episodes. Why not? So why not just talk about Christians and dating? Does that sound good? It sounds delightful. Sounds phenomenal? Sure, phenomenal. (laughs) All right. You ready to do it? Let's go. What were you just saying? You're, we're talking very loud. Well, you know what? But people right. need to hear because we're at the Ingetti Music Fest, dude. We we are. It's uh, it's three o'clock now. The festival starts in two hours. We got here but early. We got here at noonish <gasps> and set up, bro. What? Elephant, dude, cotton candy, popcorn, elephant ears just showed up. Oh, I'm still looking at the Ben's pretzel. Ben Pretzel's just pulled in, too. There's there's ice cream shop over there. There's there's a hot dog vendor over there. Oh, Dude, sweet. Dude, when we were setting up this stuff, we had a personal concert from I Am They. We did. We Literally. Did. It was pretty awesome. Nobody else was here but us. Oh, I mean, there was a couple of people, like stagehands and people were, set their booths. The, but. There was the technology people, you know, checking levels, sound but see, checks. But and, when you see actual big-time musicians like them, you're always like, man, what do they look like when they're not in? Because they're they're pretty folks. Jeans and t-shirt. No, That's it was just like, what they look like short t-shirts and hats. I'm like, y'all look like you're ready just to chill out by the pool or something, yep. man. Yep, it was it was pretty awesome. It was a good. Time. Anyways, so for the next couple of weeks, you guys are going to be hearing us uh, talk about being at the Getty Music Festival because mm-hmm. uh, not only are we doing this episode, we got another episode planned. But uh, the game plan is to record some conversations. We're hoping with a people. lot. Of, yeah, we're hoping we already got one person. The festival hasn't even started. We already got one person signed up, so it's great to have those conversations with you, the listener. But it's hot. It is. I am scorching. Sweating. I got sweat in my eyes right now. I know. I thought the same thing. My eyes actually burn, and this is not going to be okay. But we're going to make it. We're going to get through. Yeah. It is going to be a okay. It'll be fine. All right. So since we're at a music fest, I got to ask, buddy. Were you a big music fest guy back oh, in the day? Oh, yeah. Did we talk about this on the podcast I'm, already? Probably, but sure we'll we talk did. about it again. What was your favorite, uh, well, I'll say this, not your favorite concert, but what was your favorite uh, yes, festival we experience? We did talk about this because I, t- I talked about the Newsboys. <laughs> That's remember? right. We did talk about and, it. And when he, uh, what's his name, went crazy with the drum solo with the spinning. Oh, and it spins. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. yeah. We had another funny conversation where we were like, maybe that's what our banter should be about this episode when we were in the car. On the way here from oh oh we are right outside of of, oh, of your colon yes of, of colon Michigan we're outside of your colon <laughs> not not your you know, colon you know what but you can colon find Michigan. inside your colon um it's the magic capital of the world yeah, yeah. that was weird like that we was, didn't believe it we walked up and there was like ten we want to, we want to go eat because we got yep, done got really some, early got some food got some got, some, got so, I got a good burger I got a good chicken bacon ranch sandwich at a place which was called Curly's, Curly's and their curly fries were amazing oh, those but are dude, so good and their breadsticks bread oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah they were really good they but, were so good but it was crazy to see how many magic shops and shows it was wild were out here. Well, out there, I guess, because we're in Leonidas, we're Michigan. Sticks, man. But that was Colin, Michigan. Oh, oh, you can yeah, hear, the, you can the, hear the a little music the background. going on. So you, you get used to it because this is what it's going to be for the next it, few weeks. It so is just, what it is. But anyways, yeah. So it's been a it's been an interesting time so far it's here at Engedi. I'm really enjoying it, and we're drinking out of our new Engedi mugs. And typically, I'd point these at the camera, but the but camera, no camera, no YouTube today. Is, no, it's just audio on YouTube. Sorry, YouTube fans. Uh, it's just. We just didn't feel like. Yeah, we did not it. need to bring a thousand more pieces of equipment. 
at all. But yeah, this we're using our Engetti Music Fest mugs that someone's already asked if they can buy, and the answer is no. no. Sorry, this we, is Engetti. There's only one other cup that's been made. And it's sitting over on our table. and It's a giveaway, right? It's a giveaway item, yeah. So uh, people have to enter the giveaway to win. And you can only enter it if you're here at the Engedi Music Festival. You have to be here. Like, that's just the rules. You know, and, you know, this is kind of interesting. You know, since our our podcast sponsorship with Lifeway have ended, um, you know, we're still trying to figure out what we're trying to do. If we should even have a sponsor or what to do next. Right. I was talking with someone on Instagram, and she was just asking what, you know, just she just wanted to say thanks for the podcast. Hey, can I buy the mug? I'm like, yeah, we can order a mug. So I shipped the mug out to her, and she's like, hey, can I, like, donate anything, like, to the podcast? I'd be awesome. Like, hey, we're we're, we're running low on Bibles. Yeah, and so everything that we get uh, that we got from Lifeway uh, always went back into the ministry, and we bought Bibles and swag to send out to you, our listeners, or others that may be in need of Bibles. Yeah, so so I I don't know if I'm supposed to say her name on the podcast. Don't say her name. Don't say her name, because she said she didn't care that— she didn't want people to know who she was. Well, if you you know who you are, so let me know if you're yes. okay with saying your name. But she gave us like 250 bucks to buy more Bibles to ship awesome. out to people that need it. Yeah, so, so I just want to give a big shout out to just the RTC community. You guys who don't just even listen, but you engage. Our Facebook group at time of recording is about to cross the 300 mark. That's right. Whoop. Instagram, we crossed over 1,000. YouTube, I don't even know how many hundred. We're at like 121 iTunes reviews right now. Uh, it's wild. We just recently, time of recording at the Engedi Music Fest, we just this past week crossed over 200,000 downloads. Which is pretty phenomenal. So, and I'm trying to look it up right now. Oh, you can hear, man! Someone shredded the guitar over real, there. real fast. Uh-huh. Shout out to Matt Grimm. Yep, who is actually the one that invited us here to the Getty Music Podcast Fest. He is listener. Uh, he's a listener. He's the stage. So he's, Matt, he's like in charge of the stage, right? Matt, we hear you right now, brother. You're, you're doing a phenomenal job. We appreciate it, and we're giving you guys a shout out. I absolutely love it. And oh, uh, side note: on Spotify, we have 408 ratings. Nice. You guys are amazing. Oh my goodness! Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> this is going to be a very, very this is going to be interesting. interesting show. Goodness. Well, we have no coffee to talk about because it is hot. As well, we all do. Get out. We have iced coffee, but it's we a little do. too early for iced coffee. We've got a mm-hmm. long way to go, so yep. we're just getting eventually, started. Eventually, we'll. That's going to be like out. our eight o'clock hit. Yeah, or maybe maybe, maybe post dinner. Post dinner. Post dinner. We got to figure out what we're doing for dinner. Probably Ben's pretzels know, and cotton candy and elephant ears. We are going, we're going to turn into a bunch of grown kids. <laughs> we're going to turn into a bunch of grown kids today for it. But I was like, you know what? We need to figure out a review to read for this podcast. And yeah. I'm like, let's just go to the Facebook link. Because apparently, do it. y'all been leaving reviews over there. That's awesome. And I reference Jim's, who are our good buddy, Jim. Jim, Jim Ole. Jim Ole, who sent us the Peabody Kona, Kona coffee. Kona green coffee. beans yeah. that you call. Oh, oh, yeah. That's still so good. <sighs> We've been. I I've been trying it. to baby it and savor it, but it's starting to lose some of its flavor now. Because I just I've said been screw it, and I drank it. So I, I'm gonna just finish it off. <laughs> I will say way. though that Redwood uh, single origin Nicaraguan yes, has been from the Redwood Gospel Mission. Mind. Yeah, fantastic. But you know, I referenced Jim's re- Facebook review because you know on the last podcast you're like stop talking, Mark, because it was talking about when you're old. So. I'm, I'm going to read this one. So if you leave a review over on Facebook, I'm not going to guarantee I can read it, but we're going to try our best. So Ugh, right there. Okay. So go ahead. Read I, the sorry, review. I, I had a bit of a coffee burp. It's not coffee burp. It's a burger burp. It's a burger burp. All right. So this a is from burp? Jim back in April. He says, thanks to a Spotify random recommendation, I discovered RTC. I previewed forgiveness and would Jesus smoke pot? Number two. Whoa. Uh, they reaching. seemed okay. So I gave it a whirl. I started on number one, mid-November and just finished episode 140 today holy moly bro you finished all of our episodes in five months 
Wow. Wow. That's, that's dedication. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. I listen to each podcast in real time with no speed up, which you, I mean, we talk fast enough as it is. And many <laughs> yeah, of speed them. speed up anymore, they're not going to be. You're going to sound like Alvin from the Chipmunks. That'd be hilarious. Christmas, Christmas, I was here. <laughs> I love that movie so much. I listen to each podcast in real time, no speed up, and many of them twice. These two gents discuss real Christian topics, provide scripture to back it up, and real life experiences as they work out the questions. These thoughtful conversations will surely aid you in your Christian walk and provide stimulation topics for your spouse and friends. My only bummer is Mark... Here it is. Mark... You spelled my name correctly, so that's all good. Um, my only bummer is Mark once stated empty nesters should serve more in the church because they have more time. Check back in when you were out, Mark. Oh. I talked with my mom, and Jim, my mom agrees with you. She told me to sit down and shut up. Yeah, sit down. Yeah. Shut up. Even still, I know he loves his sisters and brothers, and his real heart is to encourage everyone to serve. That's true. My uh, uh, Pay attention, and you will surely laugh, cry, and grow together in the Lord and your faith. Five stars from this 55-year-old dude who has walked with the Lord for half of his life. Jim All, again, That's thank the, you. We love you, brother. That is the best review ever. I, I, I always enjoy hearing from listeners, but I really enjoy listeners that send us coffee. Fan, <laughs> dude, yeah. I mean, I can't get over the fact that we've had coffee shipped from Everywhere. We could literally All, say even outside the States. Yeah. We got some Canada. Oh, yeah. We got some from Virginia. We got stuff from Texas. We've gotten stuff from Hawaii. Everywhere. Uh, Everywhere. We've gotten a lot of stuff from Virginia Beach. California. Oh, we have had California. Yeah, Redwood. Redwood. Uh, yep. Has anyone? Uh, Michigan? We've had some Michigan, from, from yeah, sent down right. from the Upper Peninsula. Kind of a little a little bit of everywhere. A little bit of everywhere. So out of all the coffee we have drank on this show, oh, Fuller. Oh, don't ask it. Don't ask it. Don't ask me to rate. The best part about this show is you can't see how much time has lapsed. Dang it. It's only been 10 minutes. Best okay. part of waking up. Is not having folders in your cup. Uh, out of all the podcasts we have done, my dude, what has been your favorite coffee that you're like, I just remember this coffee and it was so good? Because I, I remember pretty much every okay. coffee we've drank. Okay. If, if I have to remember. If you have to remember, you would say like, I remember this one and it was so good. Joe Frerichs, the Peruvian coffee. Oh, see, I... I as much as I love Joe and I love my proof, I had, oh, dude, a, I had that was one so, of the, but that was so silky. Smooth. It was too silky. It was too no. too much too much too much no. uh, too much chocolate in it for me. Oh, dude, it was so it was good. Too much chocolate. I had a different Peruvian cup from like up in Traverse City. It was like direct, like a single origin Peru. It was so good. Mm. But that was a darker roast Peru, right? And it was, I mean, it was velvety and thick. And I know you like that. Oh yeah. Um, I would say probably my favorite one that I was just like, whoa, like it blew my mind how good it was. Um, was that bicycle coffee? Actually, oh. that's not true. That's not true. The Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee. With oh, with Joe and Demont and uh, Andy Lehman. I got Lehman. too hyper. I yeah. got too hyper. But that yeah, one that bicycle really coffee that we had was probably the one where I've had a that I had was that pretty sip, good. And I went, yeah. whoa. That was like, pretty it, good. It made me go, whoa. Like, this is good. Whoa. We've had a lot of good coffee from our listeners. We if have. you want to send us coffee, let us know, and we will tell you where to send it. And we should have more coming our way here soon, actually. Sure. And if you want to join us in our mission to send out Bibles to anybody that need you guys can go ahead and reach out to that to us, and we'll give you the information. You can reach out to any of the socials, email, text, whatever, and uh, we will gladly uh, tell you how you can help. I I absolutely love it, man. So um, to jump into the conversation, are we? Gonna, is this is this end? Is this the end this of the is, intro? It's time to jump in. But we've had no we've had no fun fact questions. We've that's had, right. We've we, had no twenty minutes you know of what? banter. That's because we went in and we were talking about and Getty. And that was kind of our, our and filler. Then, and then it threw us off when the guitar solo was kicked in because it, it sounds so, so good. It's so cool. So, wait, wait. Can you hear so, it? Can you hear it? 
Oh, it stopped right <laughs> when I did it. <laughs> they legit Talk just about timing. Legit. But you know what, man? So today's conversation is all around Christians and dating. And the reason why we're talking about this is this is actually a very popular question that we are asked here on the show from listeners where it's like, hey, so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, a high schooler. I'm a college kid. I've even, we've had people who are in their like, I would call them young adults because they're under the mm-hmm. age of 50. So... That's a joke. Um, that's that's accurate. That's accurate. But we've had a lot of people on the show go, "Hey, I'm not sure what to do about dating. I don't I don't know what I should look for in a spouse. Should I aspire to look for only the Proverbs 31 woman? What if you're looking for a Proverbs 31 woman? Make sure your Proverbs one through 30 man before you ask that question. Oh, my drop. We've had a lot of questions about this. Of okay, so how far is too far? Or we've had a lot of conversations around. Hey, so me and my girlfriend, we've already, or me and my boyfriend, we we've had both where they said we've already crossed lines and we struggle keeping the line because it's kind of like we've already tasted the heavenly gift we've already had a little Ooh, bit of that milk and honey yeah, right. and so it's hard to say no to that milk and honey when you know what it tastes oh. like and go back to water oh you can still go back to water but but you know but we've had those types of conversations sure. where it's like i we just don't know what to do and this is something that you and i now i will say this i've i've had to date as an adult mm. but it was not anywhere near similar what most people's dating experiences because my first date was on a podcast yeah. Well, it wasn't officially a date. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a date until I said, hey, any of you single guys out there, you know, this is the Dude, lady you of your dreams. Beth was so oblivious <laughs> to what's going on. She had no clue I was single that whole episode. And then when she went back and, like, found out, she was, like, slightly embarrassed. But at the same time, it worked out for her. Um, hey. But, you know, but what I don't want to say. can I say except you're welcome? See, I didn't have to do the whole dating scene, though, where it's like, you know, trying to go on Tinder or the bar or church or thing, but the normal ways the what? people. Wait, what? Not me. I'm just saying what normal people do to the, go try to find a date. The bar or church? Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> the bar church. Wow. I went to the bar church, which is very popular in St. Joe, Michigan, that that little restaurant. Um, but, you know, I, I never had to do the adult dating scene. So I, I know I can't speak into a whole lot about how do you go out and find someone and do this and the other? How do you stay content? Because I was married divorced, remarried. Sure. Beth had a great conversation about don't waste your singleness. So I want to encourage people to go back into that one because she was single up through 28 is when we started dating. But you know, we have a lot of different questions around dating, such as like, should Christians even date or should we go back to like courtship or arranged marriages? Uh, Another one is why is it so hard for Christians to date in this Mm. culture? The most popular question we have ever been asked and will always be asked is, how far is too far? So is like first base I, or like we got to make sure we don't even get off the mat. Like how how does this work? Like, so how far is too far? And then the last question that we're going to talk about is just what to look for in a spouse. All right. So today's, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, so tee us up, man. Tee us up. This is a big tee up. Tee us up. You've got a lot here. Right. Yep. And I can barely. I need so to take off tea, my sunglasses because I can't see. Tee us up for the conversation. So, you know, this is where the conversation needs to have a lot of setup um, in terms of just let's look at what a history of what dating even is. Because if sure. we say, "Oh, should Christians date?" We need to first ask, "Is okay? So, what even is dating?" Wait, and what do you mean? How does by it work? Should they? And and yeah. So yeah, there's a lot, so, lot to tee up for this. So question. I I actually taught a message on this for the teens a long time ago. So I went back to some of my old notes into the questions of like, is dating a new concept? Right. And so is dating even a new concept or has dating always been around a modern day? Well, we think of dating, going out on dates and fair if you like somebody. Yeah. Un- unescorted dates. 100%. So sure. I, I just typed in, is dating a new concept? And it says, this is a quote from thelist.com. And the, 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 um, the article was called Dating Changed Last 100 Years. The concept of dating really began at the turn of the 20th century. Prior to the late early, the late early, the, the late, late early, early 1900s, Courtship was much more of a private, unemotional affair. That's an interesting word, an unemotional affair. 
not the word affair, but unemotional. Um, women would meet with several men, ready, with their parents present, so like Tinder with your mom and dad, sure, to whittle the pickings down to the most suitable match for marriage, which heavily relied on factors such as financial and social status. When a young woman decided on a man she wanted to see exclusively, their activities as a couple took place either in the household or at social gatherings. And supervised. And supervised. (laughs) At that time, there was no such thing as just two lovers going out on a date, which I think this was really fascinating. That This was modern culture. This was not Christian culture. This this was a modern. I wanted to get a secular author who did the research, and they said, yeah, so the modern idea of just dating for fun or whatnot, for funsies, it is not a thing. I right. think it's really funny that it's kind of like um, that was like legit, like OG Tinder with your parents, where it's like swipe left, swipe left, nah, swipe right, swipe sure. right. You know, like right. figure out your parents who would be a suitable match for social status and and for you know just going on. And that's why I started thinking, okay, so that's the way dating used to be. Was it always that way, even in Bible times, Old right. Testament and? New Testament, and so when you start like looking up the word dating in like a in your Bible or Google, what is our Google like? What does the Bible say on dating? The answer is nothing. The Bible says jack squat about dating. Well, all. as far as modern what, dating, as modern dating, as right. modern dating. So then the question is, is okay. So what do we do about it? And so obviously, like we're in the culture that we're in. So then the thing is, how should we go? About dating. And I'm trying to remember in my notes because we, we wrote this uh, a little bit ago. Um, no, I didn't include this. So, so let's jump into the Old Testament. So back in Old te- Wow, that's like some <laughs> stellar cart guitar solo going on over there. So Free so, concert. So before we jump into um, what should we do in our culture about dating, I think it's good to go back into the biblical times of right. what dating and, and all that kind of stuff was. Because this is something that you know quite a bit about from studying and research sure. and, and us talking about it. So what was it like for someone to get married back in like New Testament times, like time of Jesus? So New Testament times, times of Jesus, typically what would happen is um, uh, it would usually be the fathers, right, that would see some sort of mutual agreed upon reason why they could both, both families could benefit from a marriage. It didn't matter who was who as far as father of the bride, father of the son, Typically, they were both going to benefit somehow, some way, from the arrangement. So mutually beneficial. Mu- mutually beneficial. Mutually beneficial. Mu- mutually, mutually libre. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking like smooches, but you oh. know. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> so when that all happened, basically, what would go on is uh, you look at the like the, and it's fascinating because like the bread and cup of Christ, right? Um, the son and the father would offer the bride the a cup to drink from, right? And uh, if she, like the the sign of acceptance that she's accepting the marriage, typically done because her father told her to. Right, right, right. She would take the cup and drink of it, which means she was willing to drink of his cup. Which is interesting when you think of drinking the new the covenant in my blood right. that Jesus did. And marriage is a picture of Jesus in the. Oh, yeah. my brain just blew a little bit. Okay, we're so, not here to talk about that, but my brain just so went, that's what typically, typically uh, a lot of it would before that would happen though. The fathers would discuss dowry and you know land ownment and what was going to happen. You know who, what what were the benefits of this marriage? What was it going to bring? Was it going to bring stability to the families? Was it going to increase the farmland? Was it going to increase finances? And uh, sheep and, herds. I mean, it, it probably has something to do with the fact of just. I mean, do the families even like each other? Because especially in Jewish culture, they were sure. very intertwined. Well, and in the Jewish culture you have to remember it was poorly looked upon if a jew was to marry a non-jew so first right first they all they had to be jewish so um but 
uh, once all that took place and she accepted the cup, that's when the uh, the son would go and start preparing preparing oh, the so place. Oh, so that's when it would happen. Okay. And uh, and they would start preparing for the wedding feast. The father would start preparing for the wedding feast, and the son would start preparing the home that they were going to live in. And then the bride, the woman, would go back and start preparing herself and cleaning herself and bathing herself and putting on her white raiment clothes, preparing herself for when the bridegroom would come. Mm. And the bridegroom couldn't go until the father gave his blessing on the indwellment that uh, they were going to live in, which was typically at the father's house. So they couldn't, the, the, the groom couldn't go get his bride to get married until the father was satisfied with the living arrangements. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So really, the fathers, both fathers had control over everything. So that's how it was back in the and, and even times. over in today's culture, over in the Middle East, there still are arranged marriages, and there's still a lot of marriage that goes mm-hmm. around that time because we got to remember Jewish customs and Jewish culture was an it was an Eastern religion. Right. So in the East, a lot of this stuff still happens. And you know, I heard something the other day about arranged marriage because a lot of arranged marriages still happen, like in India and places sure. like that. And they say that the um, we'll call it the success rate of a arranged marriage is actually way better than what we have over here in the Western mm, world. Right. Where we pick and choose our spouse, and do I like them, do I not? Based do I, on the it? feeling of love, yeah. but then you can fall in and out of love. Right, and, and, and you know, with arranged marriages, so many times, they won't, the, the kids might not even know or see each other until right. they actually get married. Sure. And, I mean, th- I think there's something different to be said about the uh, the monarchs, where they would get married off for power or for land, but that, that's sure. a little bit different because that's a different, whole different culture. Right. But at the end of the day, marriage was a very sacred thing that both families— mm viewed very, 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 very highly. It was a very important thing, and it was not something to just half-heartedly do or get into. But in today's culture, we're living in very much what we call the hookup culture right now, right? Right. Where it's the fact of we want um, husband and wife privileges without being a husband or a wife. Or or a wife. And, you know, and, and in response of that, uh, about what, what was that, like 15, maybe 20, 20 years ago, um, the uh, the book I Kiss Dating Goodbye from Joshua Harris came out and completely wrecked, in a good way, a lot of just the hookup dating culture sure. stances. And, you know, I don't want to dive in too much into that book in terms of was it good, was it not. And there's so much, there's so much controversy around both Joshua Harris and that book. that right. We have no need to go into that. But the whole idea, the premise of, okay, so we need to stop doing this dating culture and just hooking up and doing these different things, especially in high school. Y'all don't even, you're not old enough to be on dates. So here's maybe what we should do instead. And so what that book always talked about is going back to the old ways with right. actually courting, where it's like when you guys would quote-unquote date, you would do things at maybe his parents' house or her parents' house. Sure. Never, ever hold hands or never kiss or never never even like like – Give an avenue into crossing any sort of line. Don't matter how far it is, holding a hand can be your line. Right. And to the point where the last thing you want to do is give someone a broken, beat up flower because you're a flower, and every time you you kiss or you round you give certain a piece bases, of the flower away. you give a piece of the flower, and the last thing you want to do is give a trampled up flower. Sure. Which side note, if you are dealing with that mentally right now, look up the sermon "Give God the Rose" by Matt Chandler. Best destruction of that entire message for the fact of. You know, if your flower's screwed up, give it to Jesus. He'll fix all the things because we're supposed to live for him anyways. Right. Um, But then the other thing with that that whole um, courting culture and the purity culture that came out of it was so many Christians now all of a sudden flipped from, you know, date anybody willy-nilly doesn't really matter to honestly like, like, 
Beth will attest to this, where they were the fact of they didn't even know how to talk to boys. Right. Like Beth would be like, yeah, the, the Schneider girls, we didn't even know how to talk to boys because we were never allowed to even remotely have any contact with guys or girls. And again, it depends on what circles you come out of. But the circles I was a part of, you know, my my class were some of my best friends. So we were hanging out with dude girls all the time. But I know a lot of other people where it's like, hey, we had to flee youthful love. So, you know, don't even mix bathing, not mix swimming. There's always mixed bathing, <laughs> but mix right. swim, mix like like mixed swimming. With opposite sex, no, that's that's a no-no. We need to avoid all places that could make our minds wander and do all these different things. Right. But then when they find out when they get 20 or 30, they're like, we don't know how to handle or process these things or what steps do we do? And, you know, you know, I'm scared to date. I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to talk to a boy, talk to a girl. What's right? What's wrong? And then people just get left out in this big, big confusion, which then leaves the question of, so what do we do about dating? Right. Like, so what do we do about it? Oh, like, that's oh. the hard part. <laughs> I thought it was a rhetorical question. I'm like, oh, he's well, asking me. It was rhetorical, me. but but you know, but to ask you about so so what should we do about it? And does the Bible give us answers and guidance well, into that mindset? So I think that the whole purpose of dating should not be to just date just to date, right? There should be an intentionality behind it, right? I, and I do agree somewhat with Joshua Harris as far as uh, he used to say that hey, when you date date or court, he would call it court. court. You court to marry, right? Right. And that's you. Sh- you should before and you when start you're dating someone, and you don't marry them. You're dating someone else's spouse. Right. That's exactly. Facts. Those yeah. are facts. Right. So, and I agree with that. And so, uh, I think that it's very important that uh, people go into dating with the mindset of. Uh, man, by the you way, you guys could totally hear the background noise right that's now. Right. That's right. Man, they sound good. They sound really good. They sound really good. <laughs> Who is this? Uh, I don't remember. Look up the lineup. But it's, All I know uh, is we're not going to record anything when they're playing. I want to go doing the mosh pit. <laughs> so uh, now I lost my train of thought. So dating. Yep. Uh, oh, <laughs> when you're dating, you should be uh, dating with the intention with the intention of I'm looking for somebody to marry. And really, before you date, you should look at that person and be like, do they have the qualities that I am looking for in a spouse? But I feel like the older you get, and, and maybe you can speak into this. I know that's something I talk about with Beth a lot. The older you get, the more of... You might not really know a person, so what's wrong with just going out on a date? Not, not going out on a date to hang out to see if you even like that person, you know? So if, I, learn more about them. I would say, why not just go out as friends? We'll go right, out like, as friends and be like, hey, this ain't a, like an official date. Let's just go out and hang out and, and go as friends and leave all expectations of like holding hands, I think that's kissing, what it is, hugging. Is, is we have an expectation take, take that all, dates are right, supposed to be this. Right. Take all the expectations, hang blow out, them man. out of the water and be like, hey, let's just go hang out. We'll meet somewhere rather than picking up and dropping off because that can lead to some dangers. We'll talk about we'll that just, later. We'll just go meet up with some, but let's meet just, up somewhere, go, hey, go putt-putt, let's yeah. go get some food. Right. And, and don't go, okay, let's go meet at the movies. If you don't really know this person, go meet somewhere you can have conversation right. with Right. Or do it with your friends. Get your yeah, friends involved sure. in the mix. Or at, you know? Get, get, you know, if you're a boy, get her friends involved that say, hey, you can invite whoever you want or you know if you're a girl tell the boy you can invite whoever you want yep and so so before we go down that that rabbit trail too much i say let's get some scripture into this because jim said we back ourselves up with scripture so let's do that let's go thank you so when you just look up okay what does the bible say about dating the bible doesn't say anything about dating but it has a lot to say about relationships it does and marriage and what type of person you should be and what type of person outside of proverbs 31 outside (laughs) and here's the deal I, i read an interesting quote from the gospel coalition about proverbs 31 and is proverbs 31 actually you're talking about a real person or is it talking about lady wisdom? Mm. And because a lot of people, a lot of girls, and this might be an interesting conversation to ask someone is, you know, you, you, when women see what the Proverbs 31 woman looks like, they're like, I can never amount to that. Like sure. ever. But so many guys can't amount to Proverbs one through 30, man. So anyway, um, I just love that joke. So here's what I think we're going to do. All right. So 
All right. We're just going to go through all these passages. I'm going to let you read all these passages real and, fast. And then, and then we'll, we'll put them all together? And then we'll get to the question. Okay, that sounds good. That sounds good. So what does the Bible actually say about marriage and relationship? Now, these have uh, no order. They're just Bible passages, what it talks about. And you will recognize a lot of them. So uh, in 2 Timothy 2... Uh, 2 Timothy 2.22, the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, free from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. So flee youthful passions, pursue righteousness. That's a verse that, you know, we often hear all the time, right? right. All right. So the next one, though, is 1 Corinthians 6. And that one's, that one's not explicit dating. That's just flee, flee youthful things. Sure. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says, or do you not know, man, they sound so good. Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is the way some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. And this is the passage we've talked about yeah, quite many, a bit. Many times. When it just talks about, you know, like... Do don't, don't be conceived the sexually immoral not inherit the kingdom of God. Right. Now, the question is, is if you've been sexually immoral, can you ever be welcomed back into the kingdom, or does that mean you're not a Christian? We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 18 says, flee sexual immorality. A little bit more explicit. Continue on in that same chapter. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Right. Now, that's fascinating. Yes. And what on earth does that mean? And I'm asking you this. What does that mean where all other sins are done outside the body, but the sexual sins, those are done against yourself? Mm. How, 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 would you, how would you break that down with so, someone having a conversation? I guess I would break it down to because there's a certain chemical release that happens within your body during sexual immorality aspects that it affects you in a way. It's just like pornography, right? The sexual immorality is, well, it's a pornography. Uh, and how it changes the chemistry, scientifically, it changes the chemistry makeup of your mind. Which is wild. Which is kind of what we talked to, uh, oh, what was his name from Triple X Church? Justin? No, it wasn't Justin. Wow, uh, this is Carl. Carl. Yeah. Car Carl. Uh, so we're talking to Carl about the, the how, how you get these receptions in your brain of... Uh, you need this, right? And you got to have this. And this is kind of my escape to go to. So I think it that's part of it, right? Um, but it also is a sin against your own body because of sexual disease that can take place uh, from doing, depending on the sexual immorality. And you got to remember back in these days, um, this is back when Paul was speaking to a culture that was very much all about the uh, keys in the fishbowl aspect of things you know the orgies and oh, all that like, going on in, in the greek in the greek <laughs> culture right it's true and so uh and you, there's a lot of stds that can happen if you are doing all that kind of stuff and i've heard of people talking about i mean you got bestiality the bible speaks out against bestiality so you know that was probably oh, yeah. going on back then too so mm -hmm. i mean there's all these things that can harm your body physically um, and that's what I think. And it's. the other thing too is when 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 we look at this holistically, it's not Christians trying to control other people to not, because you know, it's a sexual attraction, and sex is natural. God right. created, and God God even said it was good before the fall happened. Like like it wasn't like the fall happened and then all of a sudden you know sex enters the picture. It God right. made it before the fall even happened. Right. But what was the purpose of it? It was so that man and and man, well you know, husband and wife could be one in spirit. 
and in mind and in flesh as well. Right. And there's a connectivity to that with that. And a lot of people in today's culture will just say, no, no, you know, friends with benefits, friends with benefits, but all those movies always end up in them dating and falling in love and this, that, yep. and the other. Right. And so there has to be something to be said about the fact of, when when we are created in such a way to have harmony with God and have harmony with others, and when God says, no, 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 sex is a gift between a husband and wife, and it's, it's beautiful inside of the context of marriage, you know, we have to just honor that, too, and right. understand, like, okay, this is what's best. And you see so much heartache and hurt and, and problems that come up because of that. And some people say, oh, well, okay, so just don't have sex before marriage then, okay? So maybe maybe that's what it's about. We can hold hands. We can make out. We can, we can run a few bases, but as long as, you know— doesn't happen we're actually all good so let's continue with right. that thought in mind all sure. right so first corinthians this is a big one first corinthians 7 1 through 16 ready to do some this is this is a bible reading marathon hey, you ready you just took that whole chapter and copied and pasted <laughs> great all right here we go now in response to the matters that you wrote about it is good for a man this is them writing it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman but and this is Paul, but sexual immorality is so common. Each man should have sexual relations with his own wife. In other words, stop sleeping with one another and just you're married. Um, for each woman should have sexual relations with her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have right over his own body, but his wife does. Mutual. Not just the man dominating the woman. Right. Mutual. I right. like that. Uh, do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not a, as a command. I wish, this is interesting, I wish that all people were as I am. And here we go. <laughs> but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift, one person has that gift. It's kind of amazing when you see Paul write, I'm going to pause, when you see Paul write all this stuff, it's like, hey, do this, do this, do this, it's awesome, it's great, it's great, but I wish all y'all was single like me. Right. Paul, hold up. What? Well, there's a reason why, and continue re reading on. Like, I know, it just it's, it's kind of throws you off for a little bit in today's culture, right? Uh, continues, Paul says, I say to the unmarried and to the widows, widows, it is good for them to remain as I am. But if they do not have self-control, they should marry, since it's better to marry than burn with desires. Ah, there's the reason why you should marry. For just because you're... That's um, why, that's why everybody... For lack of a better word, single and horny? Yes, because you can't control yourself, right? That's the only reason you should get married? Well, that's what Paul's saying, right? If you can't control yourself, you can't remain single, right? If you're reading the context, he's talking about singleness. Mm -hmm. But if you have the desire... To want to have sexual relationships, you should marry. So then maybe we'll get to this question then. So how should you just find someone and settle down and just deal with it just so you no. can, you know, knock boots? No. We should have, I, we should have done I think it a that's little. The that's the first disclaimer, right? If, if you don't have, and I've never met one of these people, but if you have no desire to have any type of sexual relationship with the opposite sex, and I'm not talking to the people that go, I'm gay and I'm Christian, so it's the same sex. No, I'm talking about no, no sexual desire whatsoever. Yep, that's, None. That's A. Then, then I think you would be a Paul, right? And it'd be better because then you could devote yourself solely to the ministry. And that's what he continues on and he says. Right. Because he says, to the married, I give this command. Not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to leave her husband. Sorry, I had, I had to take a pause there for a second. But if she does leave, she must remain unmarried to be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. But I, not the Lord, say to the rest, if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Also, if any man 
um, has an unbelieving husband and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. For the unbelieving husband is made holy by the wife and the unbelieving wife is made holy by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let them leave. A brother or sister is not bound in such cases. God has called you to live at peace. Wife, for all you know, you might save your husband and husband. For all you know, you might save your wife. Yeah. So now, the I mean, question that's is, the, is, why are we talking about this passage in the middle well, of dating? Well, because, you know, they go, oh, well, I just got saved. And uh, when I married this person, we weren't, both weren't saved. But now I'm saved. And so now we're unequally yoked. So I have to get a divorce because we're unequally yoked. That's that last part of that verse. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul's saying, no, 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 no. You don't do that. If the unsaved person wants to leave, that's up to them. Right. But you should never go out seeking to change the circumstance in which you were saved into. Right. And, and I'll say this in regards to should Christians date. Let's go back to that question specifically with this passage. What does this have to do anything with dating? I think it shows, A, the seriousness of marriage. Sure. The serious of the covenant, like this, like let's just be honest, like the, the sex covenant, I guess, that between a husband and a wife that God made. And Paul even says, like, no, this is a relation that you're supposed to have with a husband and a wife. And in today's Christian, quote unquote, dating culture, there's even Christians who don't care. Sure. Like, you know, like in terms of like when, when you're dating somebody, you're not necessarily worried. And I think the question of how far is too far comes into this 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 question as well. And if anything causes you to lean into where talk about you have no self-control over yourself anymore, right? you might want to start asking yourself the question of, am I actually dating for the right purposes? Yeah. Or am I just, I need to get a little self-control first before we go into this. Ah, uh, yes. You know? All right. So let's just so, keep reading because these are all passages just about yep, marriage yep, relationships yep. in general. Let's I got uh, two more. Matthew 19, they sound so good. Matthew 19, one through six says, when Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee and went to the region across on the Jordan. Large crowds follow him. He healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. And they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? And then Jesus said, haven't you read that he who created them in the beginning, male and female, he also created them. So he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined, let no one separate. So now all of a sudden we see the apostle Paul saying, oh, no, no, marriage is important. God cares about marriage and relationships. Right. So therefore, when you're married, you're married. When you're not, you're not. And then and understand the the seriousness of marriage in that. Yes. And then when Jesus now talks, all of a sudden he's like, yo, this is how you were created, that you were created as male and female and be one. Right. Like this is what you were created for. And as we are going through with should Christians date or not, the question is, it's not just should they, but understand of what the seriousness of what's at stake is. Right. As you are becoming one flesh and then where jesus got that from was out of genesis 2 24 where it says this is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife because they become one flesh right uh, i got one more passage to read and then we got a whole bunch of questions that maybe have nothing to do with this conversation or the <laughs> verses or anything like that so ephesians 5 15 through 33 says this pay careful attention then to how you walk not as unwise people but as wise making the most of the time because the days are evil so don't be foolish but understand what the lord's will is don't get drunk with wine, which re- leads to reckless living, which I think that's something interesting to talk about in the dating scene as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melodies with the heart, with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Wives, 
Submit to your husband as to the Lord's because the husband is the head of the wife and Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as to the church submits to Christ, so also wives are submitted to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, though, a lot of people like to put a period right there. Right. But husbands, well, there is a period, but not, it goes on. That's true. <laughs> husbands, love your wives just as Jesus Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. In other words, like he died for the church to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself and splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife truly loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of his body, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but what I'm talking about is Christ in the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. Now, it's really interesting right here with this conversation where people just hear the word, oh, wife submit, wife submit, wife submit, but it's also like husbands, die for your wife, die for your wife, die for wife, and right. it's, a, it's a mutual servitude yes. between the husband right. and the wife. So so let me let me ask you this question, Fuller, as we start to get into the, the fun part of the conversation. As we start to slowly um, drop our gear, landing gear, getting no, you, ready to land the plane? No, you know how like in airplanes, we're like, we're ready to start our descent, which oh, means oh, you're not landing the plane. We're, we're you're the, just starting your descent. We're getting in the pattern. There you go. We're getting to the pattern to land our descent. So the question is, what does the Bible say about marriage and relationships? Go. A lot. There. You just read it all. <laughs> but, but how do we sum this up in relation to the question of, okay, so how does this work into dating? So... Uh, that, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I had to scroll back up to that's read the question. Asked it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that, uh, relationships were supposed to, it's supposed to be, uh, well, not just relationship, but re- marriage too. relationships outside of marriage should all be uh, mutual servitude. I think it, that's the best way that you put it, that, uh, we're all supposed to be looking to serve each other, not what we can get out of it, but what we can put into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as far as a dating scene goes, that should be uh, a number one thing that you look for in a partner. Are you willing to serve them and are they willing to serve you? Because that's going to tell you a lot whether they're marriage material. So maybe, and, and so maybe when we see, okay, so when we see all these passages, this tells us what a true marriage should look like. So when we're looking, because obviously we have to lean to the culture that we're in. Sure. We're obviously sure. not in a dowry culture. We're not nope. in a line them up and mom we're and dad not, Tinder yeah, style. Yeah, we're, we're not in the courtship culture. I'm going to call that, I'm going to call that OG Tinder. We're going to call that OG <laughs> Tinder from now on where you can, you know, swipe left, swipe right, you know. No. Uh, but, no. you know, we're living in the culture that we're living in. Sure. So we just have to address it. How, okay, how do we, because we're, we're talking faith culture. So how do we do this in our culture? Right. So when we see the way marriage is supposed to operate, how does that play into what we're looking for in a spouse? And then the next question is, how do we go about finding that spouse? Well, I would say, uh, I'm going to start from the beginning of what, how, how we go about finding the person that we should possibly date that we could possibly marry. Okay. How about that? Okay. I'm, I'm going to start from the beginning in our culture, the culture we live in, and, and all the way through. I think first and foremost, if you do not have a relationship with a person and you're just interested... Um, there needs to be some time of getting to know one another, right? Being quote unquote friends uh, without the benefits, <laughs> no benefits. Just friends. Don't ever think there's benefits before marriage because there's not. I think the problem is though is like so many people put too much stress on that. Like like you know like like for us we're like oh just be friends with somebody. Like I even told my teens why can't y'all just go hang on as friends? Why you got like, all of a sudden like oh we like each other we're gonna be boyfriend girlfriend. No, just keep chilling and keep hanging and, out. And it's super important, right? Because we go back to what is the purpose of dating, right? 
in our culture, what, is, in my opinion, in Christian culture nowadays, what should be the purpose of dating? To see if you are compatible to marry that person. To find out if you, to find out compatibility, right? Mm-hmm. But it's more than that. You should be doing it with the purpose of marriage, not just a hey. Right, because if just, you're dating let's somebody, just hook up. you're cool. intentionally going down that road and down that path. Well, as a, yeah, as a Christian, you can't be part of the hookup culture. Right. Right, where we're just going to hook up for a couple months and then pfft, I got what I need and I'm out. Yeah, and I and I get that because, and that's, in my opinion, that's what causes a lot of divorces nowadays. Now, obviously, like, people can argue, oh, there used to not be divorces back in my day. Well, there was, but it was, there was so much abuse and women couldn't get right. out of it. Right, um, Or it was just quietly done. Or it was just quietly done, yeah, exactly. And so then the thought of, with all of that, oh, uh, shoot, where was I going with that thought? I just noticed our banner starting to tear on the top corner, and it threw me off for a loop there oh, for a second. Yeah, uh, but you know, right. when when we when we have this culture and in conversation, are you seeing? So, that? Sorry, my butt hurts. I gotta. You I gotta, gotta stand, stand up. Wow, that now the whole world gets that visual picture into their mind, don't they? Um, I completely lost my my train of sorry, thought. With sorry that. about that. But you know, with with the casual dating and hookup culture and and all these different things, so sure. many times, yeah, we we go in not we, but people go into those relationships just to see what they can get out of that relationship, right? Without looking for that actual person who who can be their spouse, but I guess oh, oh this is what I was gonna say, but but so many times I feel like there's an extra pressure for Christians, especially ones who grew up in our our like, at least my conservative culture, where it's like you can't even be friends with somebody without going on a date and being like oh oh on the first date am I gonna marry this person? Like uh, is it wrong yeah, to just right. go into the, like, go into a situation and be like you know what I don't know much about you I'm gonna figure it out and see if we can be friends or whatnot? Because Beth and I I mean now I will say is give this Beth the best credit we were talking a lot. And after two months, she pulled up the DTR conversation. It made so me where are we going with this? She flat out, because she's like, I ain't got time for this. So if this is right. going to be something, it's going to be something. If not, I got other things I got to do. So what are we going to do with this? And I appreciate that for that. Well, and, but that's the thing, right? You guys were just conversing at first. Right. To see, okay, is is there, is there any compatibility there, right? Now, you're not going to know full compatibility because you're not during the dating thing, right, where, it's, where you share it's a little bit more. It's also different because she was in Knoxville and I was in South Bend and sure. we were like kids. But, and- you know, as friends, you don't quite share as much intimate detail information about yourself no. as you do with somebody that you're, you're dating looking to, to marriage, right? You're just trying to get to know that right. person. So, so, can I be friends with them my entire life and be a partner with them my entire life? Like, that's right, what you're trying right, to see. Right, exactly, yeah. Because you know? yeah. if you can't be friends first, your marriage probably isn't going to be that great anyways. Nope. Right? Because your spouse should be your best friend. Out of, in the entire world, that's really what it should be. I, mean, I hope so. You're stuck with them. Or so they're stuck with you. I would, I would look at going it. <laughs> back into it. I would have my my first, you know, first go try to be friends for a bit, you know. And there's not people like to try to say, oh, six months or a year or two years. You know, look at you and Beth. It was two months <laughs> before we started actually dating. Yeah. And when we dated, we were saying that this wasn't with intentionality. For Janelle and I, it was two weeks. <laughs> we were friends, and then we went to dating. Two right. weeks. So I think it's different from for everybody, right? Janelle and I, we we saw something. You and Beth saw something in each other that we said, "Hey, this is uh, spouse material. Let's take this to the next step up," and uh, and then I would go through it. Right then, then you can start that dating with boundaries, dating with boundaries. Mm-hmm. So why do we date with boundaries? Well, we talked. I mean, sexual immorality is very prevalent and very easy to fall into. And if you think you're above sexual immorality, you're only. You're just lying to yourself. You're one lie away from falling in. It takes one second of a bad thought but so many to start times though spinning spinning out of right, control but so many times it's not just oh oh i just made one bad mistake it was just one bad mistake no it was a thousand little decisions you made that led sure, up to that mistake sure. and then you fell but what i'm saying is but the, is the yeah. one is the one bad mistake starts leading the spiral right and that's what i'm talking about when mm. you start not having boundaries and setting boundaries and holding to those boundaries once you push the line one time at least for guys it's oh, how many more times can i push the boundary 
Right. Or is there even a boundary? Right. Is there a new one now? Right. Yeah. So I think it's important to uh, establish at the beginning, not in the middle, not at the end, but at the beginning of a dating relationship, establish the boundaries, right? And the establishment of the boundaries should be based off the Bible, right? What does the Bible say? Flee sexual immorality. Right. And, and guard your heart, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I think that's what you got to do. Emotion- and emotionally. You're saying even emotionally, emotionally too. Then. So, let's, so, so let's lean to that. So, so I'm thinking of someone who's like right now listening, who's either a high schooler or they're a college kid, maybe even like early 20s or whatnot. What they're, about adults? Adults can date too. Well, I know, but I'm thinking of that culture because dating in high school and in college is such like a hassle. Like people joke all the time where it's like room by spring at Bible colleges. So I'm, I'm hearing all the stuff that you're saying with dating and boundaries, all these different things. If there's a high schooler or a college kid or like a young adult listening and they're like, man, but everyone else around me just does this stuff. So what, what am I supposed to do with all of this? Because everyone has a boyfriend or girlfriend. I kind of like that person. Should I just date that person? Well, we're not supposed to be like the world, first of all, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be the set-aside people as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. So we shouldn't look like the world. It should look a little different for us. And and you got to remember that you're not putting these boundaries up just for yourself, but you're putting them up to protect the person that you are dating. And as men, that's our responsibility, right? We're supposed to be the protectors. That's our job. And so when you violate that, you are now you're taking advantage of somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And show me in scripture where Jesus or any of the apostles said it's okay to take advantage of somebody. Um, in fact, the Bible says let people, you know, take advantage of you. Oh, it you says serve. the opposite. Right, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd be careful so, how I say that because sure. you know what I mean? You don't want to put yourself into a terrible situation or position where you could get hurt. Well, but. yeah, but, and you don't want to be like, well, I got to, they, they want to well, do this and I got to, I got to serve. Yeah, no. And that's not what we're talking about. No. Right. Cause nope. God's authority comes above everybody else's authority. Correct. So, uh, I think that you need to set up boundaries. Okay. So now once you've been dating for a while, okay. And this is something that Janelle and I did, and I, I highly encourage people to do. It's going to sound weird. I call it a pre-engagement counseling. It's like premarital, premarital counseling. <laughs> right, when you, when right. I first of all, I was like, what the heck are you So pre-engagement. About? Janelle and I did this pre-engagement counseling, right? So it was, uh, it was we brought a facilitator in. It happened to be our pastor at the time mm-hmm. who had known both of us. And uh, we kind of just went through things with him and found out, are you guys even compatible fully from an outsider's perspective? Are you guys compatible? And let's talk about that because in Proverbs, it says there's safety in a multitude of counseling. Yes, 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 yes. So... Uh, we went through boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And he expected honesty. And obviously, if we really wanted his help, we needed to be honest with them. So, hey, have you guys crossed any boundaries? What were the boundaries you guys set up? You know, for your dating. This is for dating, okay? And so you're going through all this with with somebody. This is what I call pre-engagement counseling, right? And if you are still compatible and you really trust this person and they go, yep, I think you guys could be okay to, to probably get engaged and get married. I think you guys are compatible. Then what we did, Janelle and I, is we go, okay. So I was like, all right, so I've got approval from my pastor now that he's okay with us getting married. I've, I already had approval from her dad. So I, I've sought counsel from several people, and those people knew me. And then after that, I asked Janelle to marry me, right? And then we jumped into the premarital counseling, right? Y'all just went for it. So, uh, and, and premarital counseling is good because, you're again, you're working through a lot of the issues. Like, for me, it was working through a lot of my uh, issues from my childhood and how I responded to Janelle in certain situations because I had triggers from my abusive childhood that would trigger me to uh, act a certain way in certain situations that I had to... It was almost like a counseling session, right? Figure out why I did that and how to properly respond, which I was very thankful to our pastor at the time, Keith, 
for all the insight that he gave to us. Um, so I would say do those steps. And then after that, again, take the counsel of people and they'll tell you, hey, I think you guys are ready. So let me ask you a couple of rapid fire questions then right, if go you're for okay. It. So uh, first question is, is, is quote unquote casual dating okay for a Christian? Well, mean, what would you? How would you answer that specific one? It's casual, like like I'm not necessarily looking dating, for a partner. Just a I, I just want to go out on some dates and, and learn more about myself, and maybe see if I can just happen to find somebody. I compatible. think it's unwise. Okay, I think it's unwise because during those casual quote unquote dating opportunities, you still give opportunity to collect baggage, mm-hmm. and we all know everybody takes baggage into a marriage. And so, how much baggage <laughs> are you going to bring in? I feel like most marriage counseling is you know unpacking the baggage you brought yeah, exactly. in exactly from previous relationships because there's baggage on top of the bag on top of the baggage. So right. Let's figure out where the real baggage yeah, is. So, yeah. So, so you're bringing in family baggage, you're bringing in past experience of dating baggage, and you, I mean, uh, so how much baggage do you really want to bring into this marriage, right? That you're going to have to unpack. Mm-hmm. So I would say it's unwise for that reason. I would also say casual dating is unwise because it's really again it goes back to you're kind of dating somebody else's spouse at that point. If you're just dating just a date, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess I view, I'm a, kind of old school with it. I view dating as an opportunity to find somebody that was compatible to marry. So so I'm, I'm thinking specifically a high schooler where they're like, okay, so I, if, if I'm not supposed to date a girl, what the heck am I supposed to do with her? Be friends. Hang out. Like, do you think our, our culture puts too much weight on having a boyfriend or girlfriend? I think so. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with so. that because, like, you know, I, I look all the time. I'm, I'm looking at my, my student ministry specifically, right? And generally, and, and you do this. You grew up in youth group. I grew up in youth group. Generally, um, uh, shared experiences bring intimacy. That's just kind of the way it kind of works. Right. And so when you're having all these shared experiences with, like, a boy or a girl, when you're in youth group together, all of a sudden you start hanging out with each other more and you talk with each other more and you're in shared spaces and doing shared things, all of a sudden it's like, oh, I kind of like that person. I like him. I like her. I like him. I like her. Okay, so let's become boyfriend and girlfriend now and do the whole thing and then hold hands in youth group and then it explodes and splits my youth group in half. Like, that, that or, actually didn't happen. Or it explodes and now I'm pregnant. Which which happens, I mean, which, which happen or talk not about even just, a, t- you know like oh it's casual and, dating and, and until I it's say, not you know I want to say the the sin isn't pregnancy the sin is sex let's just be honest right right um, so if someone's listening they're like oh shoot I did find myself pregnant sure you shouldn't be scared to say I need help the right. church should right. come alongside yeah sure but you know so many times as as high schoolers like we have so many opportunities to screw up and it's just a fact that until you're what 25 your frontal cortex or frontal lobes aren't even fully developed 27 for women 30 for men or 25 for women right. 30 and for so men right so basically if a high school or college kid is listening to me it's like you don't always like you like you could know what the result of your actions will be but in the moment you sure don't because right. you can't fully right. process what's going to happen if I you have do no idea. X, Y, and Z. All right, so, so here's another fun question for you, all right? So um, how would you say if someone's listening to this podcast, you know, and they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to figure out what's next, and I, I want to have a partner and all these different things. How do I go about finding someone to date? And, and, and this person's like, you know, I don't want to just screw around. I don't want to just date for funsies. I'm like, no, I want to find a compatible person to live the rest of my life with. What should that person do? Where should they go? And, and if, if they are at a church with only like 20 people with like no single opportunities, <laughs> what should they do? Well, there's several things you can do, right? You could be on a podcast, right, Beth? You can go to a podcast. <laughs> you can go to a dating website like Janelle and I did. I mean. I forgot. You guys met we, on. We met on Plenty of Fish. Man, there you go. So so you're not against internet dating no, then? not at all. I love it. Uh, we, I'm uh, not either. So, I mean, I just you just got to really be careful. Right. Right? Because you don't know who's on the other side. And the nice thing is you guys were in close proximity in area, so it sure. wasn't like. Well, just, and not only that, know, but we had, we had mutual friends. So I went to high school. Well, I went to, I was in homeschool, but I went to some high school chemistry classes 
with Janiel's childhood friends, best friends. Husband. That's wild. So we that is we wild. had mutual friends that we could ask each other, oh, hey, is this person real and are they legit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but you got, you know, church events, school events, uh, getting involved in events like and getting Music Festival. Maybe, you know, if you were single in here, you might Start meet somebody. Serving where there's like, right. where there's ecumenical, uh, ecumenical means multiple churches. So sure, a group sure. Of multiple churches get ask, together. Ask your friends, ask your pastors, ask your family hey, members. you know somebody. Hey, hey, you got somebody in mind? No, but just be like, well, we hey. We all need somebody. I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunity. That it's, I think everybody knows how to get a date. It's it's what type of dating they should do mm. that uh, more they struggle with. But, I, I mean, there's so many opportunities to, uh, quote, unquote, cast your, your pole into the sea of fishes. I don't know. <laughs> all right, so another question for you. Do you think someone can date or be engaged too long? No. I don't think so, unless unless they start getting too close to crossing lines. And then again, I would question, are you guys really compatible if you're pushing the lines? I'm one of those where I think you, dating, we aren't as serious about engagements in our culture as it used to be with betrothments. Right. Because, like, you know, you think of the, the Virgin Mary with Joseph, right? And they were betrothed. And because Mary was found to be pregnant, even though they were betrothed, that was her still, not, not even just, you she know, was had, she was having an affair against Joseph. It wasn't just like, a, well, oh, Mary, you messed up. And, that's what they thought know. anyways. And that's what, that's what they understood. But they understood, you know, engagements to be a, a big deal. And so with, with that time, betrothals were a big deal. And today engagements more of like a, oh, we're not dating now. We're, we're committed to this marriage relationship. And I feel like we stall that out sometimes. Because a lot of times when people are engaged for three years, four years, uh, it, it, I don't know. And, and again, I'm I'm speaking from experience. This is this, this is not a thus saith the Lord. This is not a thus saith Mark. I'm just processing it out. Is sometimes when I see people who are engaged too long, they're more likely to cross barriers. Sometimes, you know, you not always. A lot of engaged people where it's like, oh, like, and then my question is like, okay, so why if you were dating and engaged for six years? Should you have been dating and engaged in the first place? Well, you really circumstances, ready. right? There could be circumstances. And there are circumstances. It could be, oh, I'm in school and I got to focus on school, and so that's why I'm doing that. that and, hey, yeah. I'm in the military and I'm getting deployed, and so until I'm out of the military and it's, uh, there's just some stability, um, it's probably better that we don't because there's no stability right now. And and I think that's fair situational. I just think in, in my experience it just seems like so many people have these super long engagements just so they can play in these super big weddings yeah uh, see i you know i don't know many don't people know. that have had super I, I know a couple but not many i know a handful that have had multiple years a handful bible college. okay i'm, I'm okay. a bible college kid. handful out of how many though that's fair that's fair it's a very low percentage that's to actually fair. have long engagements that's fair so but typically that, they do long dating process which again as long as you're not crossing the lines and and going against scripture i'm okay with it Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine with it. But do you think that there's something to be said about people who are kind of like a failure to launch into marriage, where they're just dating because they're scared to get married or they're scared well, for that commitment? Like, hey, as long as we're have, dating, we can break up at any time. But here's time. the thing, right? Now we get back to well, what's the reason why you're dating. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like That's 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 what I'm trying to lean into is more the fact of if you're dating that yeah, long just to date and engage. But, and, but see, I don't want to say, no, it's wrong, because there are so many situations oh, out there say that say, okay, well, because of this situation, yeah, we can't. Yeah, you can't whitewash it. Right. But, you know, but I think there's just... The, the more time that's spent in that, could there be more opportunities for there could issues? Be. There know? could be, which is why I said if, if you're getting to that point, maybe you should pull the trigger sooner rather than later. I like it. All right, so two last questions that we're going to talk about, all right? So the first one is uh, 
what does it mean to be unequally yoked? Because you've already talked about it. You addressed it, but we haven't read the Bible passages about being unequally yoked. Why don't you read it first? Uh, That comes from 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18. Uh, All the other ones are from 1 Corinthians 6, so different, whole different letter. The Apostle Paul says, Do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness? What agreement does Christ have with... uh, well, it used to be Baal, but uh, Baal. Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God says, I dwell and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing, and I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters to me, says the Lord God Almighty. Well, there's your answer. Right. But I think the unequal yoke can take one step farther, not just believer and unbeliever. But I do think there's something to be said about people who, oh, they're both Christians, so it just makes it okay. But are they compatible with one another, too? You know, do they have different goals? Like, if, if someone's dating but, and they have different goals, but, is that going to make them unhappy in their relationship? But that's a preference. That's not what Scripture says is unequally yoked, right? Mm-hmm. You're adding to it there if you say, well, this is, I also think, was what it's saying. Because it's not saying that. It's saying people that there's a believer and an unbeliever. Right. right. So if we're saying biblically, what's it say unequally yoked? Yes, Bib- it's biblically, speaking, unbeliever, it's, believer. And the is reason is, yoked. is because of the fact of we have completely different worldviews and follow a whole different God than the God of the of the world. Well, that's the thing, right? We serve a different master. Right. Right. And so it's going to be, yeah. And I know a lot of people who have married unbelievers, and they they are some of the most amazing people you ever meet, but, man, they struggle. Like, their marriages oh, yeah. are hard. Oh, yeah. Very hard. But I, Now, yeah. if we want to go outside of the Bible, right, to preference, yeah, I would say definitely compatibility would, I wouldn't call it unequally yoked. But well, I, I think of, like, if, 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 if a lady wants to have 10 kids and the husband wants to, or the dude wants to have zero kids, and like uh, I would just call that, it not compatible. Right. I wouldn't say unequally yoked. Right. I wouldn't throw that in with this scripture. Personally, that's just... And that's I mean, why I brought up because I've heard it yeah. used in that. Yeah, so I think it's wrong to use it alongside of the scripture. I would say compatibility-wise, you know, logical thinking-wise, yeah, probably not a good idea. Right. And the only reason why... And I would say, I'm like, I, I wouldn't add it to scripture, not thus say it the Lord, but I think there's something to be said because the yoke is what was put on two oxen to plow. And if you put a really strong oxen next to a really weak oxen, they're going to spin in circles and not go the but, direction. But the the number of kids doesn't make one stronger one. Oh weak. no, I just mean <laughs> different different things that you want, and it goes back to your preferences. Sure, but it's back to again preferences because what you may consider something super important to the other person may not be super important, but it doesn't make them weaker or stronger. Right. And I'm so that doesn't make it equal. That's what I'm saying. It goes back to compatibility. Well, it's still equal because it could both equally be pulling in the wrong direction, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is it's not compatible, right? You don't put a, a giraffe with a rhinoceros. It's not compatible. They're not even the same. It's not. So you can't even throw the same yoke on them, right? That's that's fair. So that's where I say, okay, I like it. it's outside of compatibility. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on that all one. Right, you, you, right. you brought me to your side, homie. You brought me to your side. Welcome to the light. <laughs> we have cookies. No. <laughs> I was, I'm like, he's going to make a joke. Where's the joke? Uh, Last question then. Right. So with dating and with Christian and dating, we're looking to relationships and all these different things. Should Christians be scared of dating? No. They shouldn't be scared of it, right? Okay. If it's done in the right purpose. I think it's unwise to date again if you're not looking to make it long term. But should you be scared of it? No. I think it's just like any other type of relationship. You go into it. Looking for ways of compatibility, companionship, servitude together, not you serve me, right? Nobody's the master in the situation, but equal servitude. And you both go to serve the Lord, right? 
serve the Lord, serve the church, serve others. So that's kind of, I, I think if you go into dating with that mindset of, hey, I'm going into dating, I'm looking for a spouse, hey, I found Mark, mm-hmm. I'm a blondie, not really, but I found Mark and we're compatible, <laughs> we're equally yoked, we, we have similar goals, maybe not all the same goals, you know, Mark wants to live in the suburbs and I want to live in the inner city, we can discuss You're that. You're have conflicts sure, like that. Sure, sure, you know? but... You know, as far as wanting to serve the Lord, serve each other, serve our communities, have these boundaries set willing up, we are, we are yeah. compatible. We are willing to give and take and compromise on things that uh, don't go against God and his word, right? Compromise over little stuff, little like, okay, is the toilet paper over or under? We can compromise <laughs> on that, that it's over according to the patent. That's just marriage. But, <laughs> that's, that's marriage. Part of marriage that's right. part of marriage. So that's where I would and say. And I do want to say is in, when you're in that dating process, this is where I, I guess I'll land my plane, is it's it's very safe, like you said, to bring in a council of wise counsel yes. to, to do that, including your parents, because your parents know sure, you best. Sure, Um Make sure you like But make sure, think, make sure it's parents that have wise counsel, correct. right? Um, bring in your pastors, bring in your friends, yes. bring in your mentors. Now, I will say one of the best good friends um, apparently didn't like me very. I still don't know why, but um, but you know that doesn't mean you have to like. Uh, if one person says, "Oh no, you're not like," yeah, I don't like them. Okay, or I don't like her. All right, they're done. Like, you got you got to use some wise counsel. But if but if, but if all the counsel is but saying if a no, a lot of counsel sees the red flags and right. you see and there's a bunch of red flags. Love is blind. Let's right, sure, love is blind. sure. And if people are pointing out all these red flags, you probably should heed. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if we, and that's why I wanted to bring in all those marriage passages, if we see how important marriage is in God's eyes, in God's, you know, purpose of, of us, not purpose of us being here on earth, but he, he created it. Right. He sees it as such a valuable, valuable thing and something that we should not just be half, has half-hazardly going into. Right. It's a serious thing. So therefore, yeah. when we're dating somebody and we're looking for somebody, we got to go into that thing serious too. Now, Definitely. I don't think we need to be so serious on day one or the first time we ever meet somebody. No, that's when we go to the friendship right. zone, exactly. right? The friend zone. Friend zone. Friend that, zone that, is not always a bad place, huh? No, right. So uh, I would say, I, I, I would parrot exactly what you said, you know, uh, go into it with the right motive, seek out wise counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that council is going to know you really well. So if they say, no, you're not ready, you should probably heed that if it's more than one person, right? Or they're going to see some red flags in other people because they carry other experience. I would also get to know whoever you're dating's friends and family, right? Mm-hmm. There's that old saying, how a son treats his mom is how he's going to treat his wife. Ain't that Likewise, truth? it works the other way around. How a daughter treats your dad is probably how she's going to treat her husband. Mm-hmm. There's there's pretty good or words in that. authority in general. Right. Let's so, just be honest. So uh, there's definitely things you can learn during the friend period and the dating period and the engagement period before the marriage, right? Yep. And these are all steps. You're taking steps to make sure you have a successful marriage. So to sum it up, when you are dating, understand what you're stepping into and use a lot of wisdom in that. Right. And just know that if you don't marry that person, you are dating someone else's spouse. Exactly. I think is actually fair to say. Anything else you want to say before we land the plane, big guy? That's it. You're going to hit the right button? I'm going to hit the right. I I can't see the buttons because all the (laughs) colors are gone. So here we go. Time for Fun Facts with February. Nailed it. People nice. think, oh, it's so easy. I do this every time. No, I look for the yellow button, but I can see no there, colors. You can't see anything. It's all whitewashed but, out right now. But even though we're at En even though we were not quite prepped for all the different things, bro, do you have a fun fact ready I for this I do episode? have a fun fact. It's like you knew it was coming. Almost knew it. Okay, so actually, this fun fact is I've something about- I already closed my iPad, so I don't know what it is. It's something about kissing, right? It's a dating. It's the dating episode. So, a ki- wait, bro, we can't talk about that right now. 
this isn't Bruno. We okay. can talk about it. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> so, good. So, all right, what about, about about smooches? Did you know a kiss stimulates twenty nine muscles and chemicals? What? This causes the person to relax. Women are found to be light and gentle kisses, while men are found to enjoy more intense ones. That's your fun fact. That of the is day. a fun fact of the day. So this is why you got to protect yourself, right? Because even them little kisses do things for you. And I will say, we didn't go into this too much. We we mentioned it so many times. We focus on just you know making sure you date wisely with your physical body. Sure. But I think it's what you said too. We got to be date wise with our emotions too. We yeah. can't leave our emotions out there to get whacked either. Right. And we have to be smart with with how we we give ourselves of that too. So Definitely. that was a good one, my friend, dude. I am hot as all get out. I yeah. am sweaty, but dude, we are here hanging out in Getty. Thankfully, they stopped the uh, um, the music. The music. The, I gotta figure out who that band was. So after we're yeah. gonna figure out who that band was, because yeah, we, we are going to enjoy yes, we that are. concert. And if you are here at Engetti, I mean, obviously it's already weeks afterwards. Hopefully, we get to meet some of you guys. But either way, maybe you're not able to join us for Engetti. I'd encourage you to jump over on Instagram and follow us over there. Follow us over on Facebook. Jump into the Facebook group. That way, you can connect with other believers just like you, or asking many of the same questions as you are. And maybe even that's a place where you can find some encouragement for yourself. Right. That's uh, you can also jump over to YouTube. Sorry, I dropped the ball you on that the one. Ball and that's so you drop on to YouTube and hit the subscribe button, hit the little bell notification, Ding. and you'll get notified whenever we're on. We're getting ready here in a couple more weeks once everything calms down from VBS and then getting Music Fest to start a new uh, teaching. I'm excited for session. you to kick that out because this is all your brainchild. I'm moving, so I'm I'll be busy. He's like, dude, I'm out. <laughs> like, I'm out for a couple months. But, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be f- something fun on the exciting. YouTube though, right? Uh, on the YouTube only. Oh, so YouTube make sure you subscribe only. to get information about that. So you have to join and hit the little bell notification ding, to I get notified when those it. videos start. And if you have any question for us on the show at all, don't hesitate to reach out to us over at email at realtalkchristianpodcast at gmail.com or just go to realtalkchristianpodcast.com and that has all the information there, including our phone number, text message, uh, social media channels, emails, all the different things, including a searchable library all for you to the find socials. answers to your questions. <laughs> I absolutely love it, big guy. Well, hey, so anything else before we let these beautiful people go? No, sir. I love it. Well, hey, until next time then. Take it easy.